Hey guys, Dan with The Wealthy Retailer, and we have compiled a list of the top 20 things you need to make sure are part of your business for 2021. This list is in no particular order, although maybe categorized, and I'll sort of give you some categorical uh, uh, tent poles along the way, in no order of importance, with the exception <laughs> of number one. Number one is all about merchandise planning, demand forecasting, inventory forecasting, and accurately matching your stock, your inventory assortment to your customer demand will increase profits by thousands in a single class or category. Multiply that across every class, across all locations in your business, and you're looking at massive cash opportunities. Our proven inventory planning leverages a very deep understanding of your store's ability to maximize data and cash flow, not just profit and sales, in every class, month in, month out. And Rob, listen, merchandise planning on your own is no easy feat. It's very complicated. Yep. Knowing what to buy, how much to buy, and when on pure instinct is like tiptoeing to the edge of a cliff. I imagine. got to take a leap yep. of faith if you want to stay in business. But do you have a parachute trap strapped to your back or a backpack full of overdue invoices? Don't <laughs> find out on the way down. <laughs> yeah, totally. I have a question on this, Dan. Um, how much data, how much history does a retailer need to, to really be able to make merchandise planning shine? Hey, this is a, that's a great question. And Rob, in today's world of artificial intelligence, we can code data instantly and align it with a model that will predict accurately where your sales will be. Yes, you know, 2020... <laughs> had, a, had a couple uh, anomalies in there you know yeah. a bit of a, a bit of an anomaly year maybe yeah. a bit of a throwaway year but still the performance that you had will have some indication as to where we're headed so you know i'll take as much as you know 24 months worth of data or as little as one month's worth of data and the power of the coding and the structure in which we establish for your business will get us to that greater than 94% accurate on the demand forecast almost instantaneously. I shouldn't say almost instantaneously. Probably a brand new store takes me 90 days to get caught up. Management One has done, a shout out to Management One, has done a really good job of modeling categories or classes. Remember that classes are an assembly of merchandise that sells on a similar sales curve. Right. So right. they can model everything from geographical location, type of retail, certainly, you know, the verdict type of retail store, mall, strip, you know, uh, neighborhood store, standalone, et cetera, et cetera. So the modeling that goes into this is what allows us such great accuracy. And we see plans every single week that are within dollars of the actual demand forecast yeah. predicted. Right on. Well, as a big that was a big number one to kick that's us a big off. One. On the, and that's on the, my fit for every yeah. single retailer out there. If you're not planning your inventory, it's Thanks. a big mess. And everyone has this objection. I can't afford it. Listen, I'm going to tell you straight today. You can't afford not to do this. And like every other expense in your business, it needs to be benchmarked 
and needs to deliver a return on investment, a demonstrated, not a pie in the sky, not a I feel good, a demonstrated ROI. Okay, moving on. Number Number two. two. Number two, (laughs) you need to have a fully integrated point of sale and e-commerce marketplace or marketplaces. This is no longer e-commerce versus retail. Instead, it's all about us building e-commerce within our retail, within e-commerce to offer a uh, what I call a holistic customer experience. This has to include, must include real-time integration to your point-of-sale system or your point-of-sale platform. Nothing, nothing upsets a customer more than your inventory misses. Yep. I can imagine, Dan, you know, the transition for a lot of those independent retailers where their their website for mm. so long was simply just a, a showcase, a little bit of a, we've got this. But to your point now, that, that doesn't work anymore because, okay, that's nice. But if I come there and you don't have one for me, boy, is, is the apple cart upset at, at this point? What it, when you look at that, like how many do you feel have made that transition so far and how many are still left to go? Oh, the truth is 90 or more percent of retailers absolutely suck at inventory management the where it is, the how many I have, you know, inventory management is one of the sciences that we let go (laughs) in retail. And so even on fully integrated platforms, I'm still seeing inventory misses. And that is simply about scale and about our you know, omni-channel presentation. I've got her in the store buying what someone simultaneously is trying to buy online or vice versa. Right. And I have an inventory miss. So having that real time, that every 15 minute update allows us to be more accurate, if you will. Awesome. Okay. Benefits for that. Yeah. Number three. Okay. So number three for me, also kind of a big deal. You need to have a 12 week dynamic, dynamic, ever changing, a 12 week dynamic cash flow forecast. And every retailer, no matter their size, should be working from a dynamic 12 week cash flow plan. It should be updated every week. Create a habit that sees you update your cash projections at the same time, the same day, every single week. It should include your normal operating expenses, your payables, debt repayment, you know, future and current accounts payable or inventory purchases, and of course your forecast sales. And then any subsidy that you know you might receive should be in that forecast. Knowing our cash position well in advance allows us to adjust efforts to potentially correct deficiencies in cash or better, Take some calculated risk when we see a bubble, a sur I don't like calling cash a surplus, but a peak in our right. cash flow. You've got to take advantage of that. You've got, got to know where you're going before you get there. Different. Yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, a question run through my head is is doing it weekly. Do you find does does that prompt stops and starts or or you know, I'll take a start where you see this, this, not a bubble, but like, okay, we had a really good week. We have an opportunity to do something. Do you right. want to see action taken that week? Yeah. So it, it doesn't prompt starts and stops. 
it gives us a fluid end point. So I, I have this habit. I do this for my businesses. I run my cash flow plan every Sunday morning. I won't tell you what time. Every Sunday morning, <laughs> I up to my calendar and I update my cash flow plan. And then I lean hard on Candice to update expense. So I'm going back in and saying, hey, here's real cash in the bank. Here's real cash out of the bank. It's now reconciled. What expenses did we say were going to come out? Which ones didn't? And that includes loan payments and credit card debt and every single bit of cash. We're farmers, man. We're yeah. farmers. We're, yeah. Here we are. We're trying, to, we're trying to cultivate. We're trying to grow. We're trying to harvest some cash. So I'm putting every data point into that cash flow sheet. And, you know, maybe I'm making it sound much more laborious than it is. It's not. It's a simple, you know, 10-minute-a-week process. I'm using my bank account. I'm, it's, this is cash accounting. This is money in, money out. And with a forward look, I know where my negatives or my positives are. When I have negatives, I adjust to create more revenue or slow buying down. When I have a positive in cash, I take more risk. I look for the category that could stand more cash. Right on, right on. Great point. Uh, okay, so from cash flow, sort of from that dynamic 12-week cash flow plan, I talk about, hey, let's get an updated break-even analysis. Too many retailers that I talk to don't know what their break-even number is. This is one of the most important numbers you should know. It is critical your business is planned beyond your break-even. And break-even is that point in the month, the quarter, or the year where we hit flush, where we don't lose or make money. And updating your break-even point, updating, knowing your break-even point will allow us to benchmark expenses and say, here's what my normalized expense is as a percentage of revenue. And if I float above or below that, I can start to adjust. It allows me to create a forward-facing, growth-focused budget. And updating your break-even analysis also uncovers opportunities for us to convert fixed expense into variable, which lowers break-even. Break-even is an absolutely critical number that we need to know. When do I break even? When do I not lose money? In the week, the month, the quarter, the year. Still quite a different number from cash flow. Completely itself, different right? number than cash yeah. flow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely different. Okay. Cash is this dynamic animal. Break-even is looking at normalizing expenses. It's looking back over a period of time. You know, and I can look at a forward-facing break-even, the what if, you know, yep. what if. Yep. Yep. But we're really looking at break-even and saying, hey, what are your purchases? You know, how does that spread out over the year? Where's your, you know, cash margin? Where's your contribution margin over the course of the year? And updating that break-even, you know, maybe on a quarterly basis is okay. a good strategy. And it also says, hey, this is where advertising is running as a percentage of revenue. I'm high or I'm low. How do I change? My purchases are running high or low. How do I change? A lot of that information is available on our Management One uh, or a Retail Orbit merchandise plan. But the break-even number is all about operating expense, contribution margin. Right on. Okay, what number's next here? I don't know. I lost count already. Lost count. I think we're up to <laughs> number, uh, five. number five. Number right. five. Number five. All right. Here's the number one. This should be, heads up, this should be the number one takeaway to begin January. And this habit needs to start in January, What we it, on January 1st. We call this profit first planning. 
the number one takeaway, this easily created habit where we pull transfer deposit, a predetermined, predetermined amount of our revenue every day, every week or every month into a savings account. You can start with as little as 3% of revenue. Go less than what your GST, your state tax is. Less than 5%, 3% you can start with. And before long, you've amassed a bit of cash. And if every month we look back, I mean, ideally, we want to get to transferring our complete profit target. We need to know what that profit target is. You've created, before you know it, this vacation fund or rainy day fund or capital fund. Putting profit first is the easiest way to build cash in your business. And I promise every single retailer is going to have pushback. Maybe not everyone. A lot of retailers are going to have pushback on this. They can barely pay their expenses today. And I'm saying take three, five, seven, ten percent 10% of your top line revenue and yank it away from the business. You need to learn how to operate your stores with less cash on hand, with yeah. less money with less ability. We've got to become more creative. We've got to put profit first. When you, when you talk about yanking that money away, Dan, how how locked away do you want to see it versus the how liquid do you, where, where's that sweet point in between? It's locked down. It's locked down. It's my profit. Yeah. I lock it down. I lock Can't it down. It. Listen. Good habit to be, I imagine, like, Great the habit. best habit, and yeah. every every yeah. financial advisor out there, every yeah. Kevin O'Leary of the world out there is saying, you need to take 10% of your paycheck and put it into an RSP and put it into a long-term savings account. And in 20 years, you're going to have you know 1.7 million bucks. Well, we maybe we're not going to have $1.7 million, but we're going to start capturing profit from every single... I mean, this is as simple as capturing your profit from every sale. It's the cash profit that we're nice. looking for. Right on. And Rob, the less restrictive we are with this habit, the less cash we will have. This needs to be a firm lockdown. And my advice is always, as you start to amass a little bit of cash, start locking it away in 90 day, you know, in GICs and investments, you know, something that's going to have a small but consistent return where that money's locked away and it just starts to build. And P.S., once I have it, I borrow against it. Borrowed money is pretty cheap. Nice. Right on. All right. I think that was number five. So number six, yeah. is, you know, we're still on this cash flow theme and we're going to get off it, I promise. But there's one more thing I want to talk about in cash flow or an expense budgeting. And it is your monthly financial reporting. I'm working with a retailer today who has, this is, I mean, here we are, you know, 2021 and I'm looking at completed financials for 2018. It's a missed opportunity for retailers. It is often the last thing thought about in independent retail. And with today's cloud-based tools, it's unacceptable. Outdated financials are unacceptable. Bookkeeping, bookkeeping is a critical act in business, not knowing where you are. Living and dying off your bank account simply isn't enough. We need financial reporting. I want to know that, I want to know every single month, by the fifth, sixth, seventh of every month, where I finish, where my white paper profit finish, 
where my cost of purchases were, where every single data point, every expense was, and I want to know it early in the month. And this happens by using some great, I mean, even cloud-based tools, QuickBooks Online, cloud-based. You know, there are, there are products out there, applications out there where I can simply scan an invoice. It will remember it and upload it into QuickBooks. It's not difficult. We need to treat our financial reporting as an essential month-to-month exercise. We should be reviewing our P&L and our balance sheet every single month and aligning it with our break-even, our dynamic or our what-if break-even. Has your sense been, Dan, that uh, we love revenue here, <laughs> but, but that the majority of your retailers, the tools are you know, right in front of you from a revenue perspective. Everyone's very aware of the revenue side, but haven't quite created that same sense of knowledge around their, their expense side on that, on that ongoing basis. Do you see a lot of that? A lot of it, a lot of it. You yeah. see a lot of it too. You watch Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, the number one thing people get beat up on is not knowing their financial numbers. Yeah. Not knowing your margins. And margins, you know, based on cost of purchase or, or cost of goods sold, I don't care. Just know your numbers so that we have a place that we can measure and improve. But you've got to know your numbers. I don't, I don't want surprises. I want to know what your tax liability is before your tax liability is due. I want to know what your GST due is every single month. And, and Rob, that is also cash that's not yours that you're using. So I need to do a better job of accounting with it. Right, right, right on. Yeah. All right. Okay. Number seven, number yeah. seven. Let's start to talk about coaching. Um, I, I believe, I believe I have and I am you know, a strong believer in having a mentorship program in place, coaching or mentorship. Mentorship, you know, can often be as simple as a soundboard or objective guidance, or more importantly for me, it's someone that holds me accountable. And the role of a retail coach, you know, the role of a coach in relation to, to retail, you know, is to identify the right conditions and opportunities to improve retail performance find ways of motivating retailers to take action. In fact, most retailers are highly motivated and therefore the task for us or for me is to maintain that motivation and yeah. generate excitement and enthusiasm based on their existing and future desired results. This coach, this, this mentor in my life provides objective, honest assessment to help me and I help you in preparing, training, communicating, you know, holding you accountable, holding me accountable to the things that need to be done. Every professional Rob in our life has a coach and retailers should be no exception. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, the, the, the president of the hair club for men, I'm a client, you know, I believe in this, I buy into this philosophy and I have coaches in my life. I actually have you know, more than one coach. I have financial, I have business operation, you know, and my, my EOS model in the business. I have, you know, psychological coaches keep me from diving off the, yep. you know, cliff into the shallow end. There's your ballet coach, your, your dancing coach. You, you got to have a dance coach, man. You got to be able Absolutely, to two step. man. <laughs> okay. We just talked about a lot of financial planning and, right. and not to necessarily pin an exact number, but I'm kind of curious, what, what should a retailer look at 
with within their budget, what should they be investing on something, you know, not only maybe just for them themselves, but maybe for their, should some of their team members have coaches or is that where they're the player coach? Well, I think they're the player coach. I mean, I, I think that this coaching is a passed down or filtered down effort. Yeah. And, you know, the retailer, the retail leader has a coach. And even before I was an owner in retail, I had access to a retail coach. You know, I was a general manager for a furniture company. I didn't own the company at the time, but I had access to a coach and she taught me a lot of what I teach today. You know, certainly evolution wins. I mean, we've evolved with some of our strategies and tactics, but having that retail coach allowed me some objective guidance and it allows every retailer some objective guidance and every single retailer should have a coach in their life. And here we go again, you know, me adding an expense to your business when you can't pay your bills. This is something you can afford. You can't afford not to have, and it should come with a predetermined ROI return on your investment. If I can't help you grow your business, grow your profitability, I should get fired. No contracts, no long-term one-year, three-year plans. It's, hey, wait a minute, we're going to work month to month. If you don't see a return on that investment month over month over month over month, I should get fired. You look for a new coach. Hockey team's not performing. First guy to go is the coach. Second guy to go is the guy that built the team. Seen that before. (laughs) All right. Similar topic is our next point. Number eight. Uh, Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Number eight for me is really about retail education or continuing education. One of the things that we lack most, you know, the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well. And in some instances, we get so caught up in doing that we forget about professional development. You know, you've got to invest in yourself. You need to make you know, enrichment part of your daily life. And this should include retail enrichment. Take a self-assessment test. Look at your current weaknesses. Be objective and invest in yourself. Spend less time ignoring, or worse, beating yourself up for the things you suck at or the things you don't know and continue your retail education. If you're weak with retail math, Invest in retail math. Know your numbers. If you're weak in merchandising, educate yourself. There are so many resources out there, Rob. So many. We need to invest in ourselves. Every day where we think we know it all, we fall further and further behind the pack. Okay. And and, and almost like the question before, the category before about, okay, a percentage of your sales is this something dan is this you should be taking two percent of your top line three four you know what what does that look like when because i i believe that if you're good at math well it doesn't mean you're off the hook for education it means well invest in a in a different different opportunity you have to learn listen i know how to calculate math but do i know how to change it yeah. you know do i know what goes into that so yes you do need to invest in this and the question what percentage? I don't have that answer. I don't know what percentage you should be spending. I can tell you that if you're not getting a return on the investment, it's probably not a good investment. So I spent be, a yeah, long time number, as a as consultant. As attach it to something. Yeah. Yeah. I spent a long time as a consultant. I hate that word, but as a consultant. Yeah. And my job was to make people feel better, you know, not demonstrated better. 
in today's marketplace, in today's world. I mean, that's why I am such a firm believer in that merchandise plan. Right. It has all of the data points that deliver return on investment, that demonstrate it. Do this, this is what happens. And so for that retailer that's out there, you know, you tell me what it's worth to you. If I can grow your business, if I can help you grow your business, hold you accountable to the growth that you desire, what's it worth to you? Is it 1% of revenue? Is it 1.5% of revenue? And it moves all over the place for different retailers at different places in their life. But at the end of the day, no good coach, no good education should come without a qualifier, without a, this is what we will get out of this. We will grow your business. Right on. Good stuff. All right. Number nine. Number enough. Number enough. Number enough is about vision planning, Rob. We've got to have vision planning. 2021, you know, we're coming off of the best educational year ever. (laughs) Boy, and then some. Biggest shitstorm ever, (laughs) you know, and let's start to plan. Vision planning is the exercise of creating a view into the future with strategy and a growth-driven outlook. It defines a retailer's aspirational long-term plan or what they'll be able to accomplish in the year and years to come. It provides clear gap analysis on your team, actions to overcome obstacles, and clearly identified and defined goals. Your vision plan should be reviewed every single quarter to ensure you're adjusting or correcting where necessary. And listen, there are tons of vision planning tools available, you know, including, you know, professional facilitation through the wealthy retailer, a little plug for the wealthy retailer. You know, we, we do a lot of entrepreneurial operating implementation or the, the EOS system implementation with clients and vision planning is a retailer's challenge. Sometimes they don't know where they're headed. They're not really sure what they want. And going through this exercise with your team allows us to clearly see where you're going to be three years from now. And then what steps are needed. You know, if I'm going to be there in three years, where should I be in one year? And if I'm going to be there in one year, where should I be in this next 90 days? And and retailers that wholeheartedly, not just retailers, but businesses that wholeheartedly buy into a structure that's vision driven, succeed, man. I love that. And, and you mentioned, you know, bringing in your, your team, some of your key members to be part of this too. And, and the yeah. ones I've participated in the past, I love that. Of course, it starts around business, but there's a lot of, a lot of personal goals as well related to that vision. And talk about empowering yourself and your team when, when your key team members have that understanding of, of, where everyone wants to go, not just as a business, but as individuals too. And all, all of a sudden can attach themselves to, to I, I want to help you succeed in, in uh, achieving that vision, be it um, you're going to lose 10 pounds by the end of the year, you know, whatever that might be, right. uh, the power of it is unbelievable. Right. And having those measuring sticks along the way, you know, this is what my 90 day goal is. And if I hit this 90 day goal, it, it then, you know, facilitates the ability to hit my 180th day goal and my 360 day goal. It's critical, 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 critical. Okay. Number 10, number 10 is about you taking clarity breaks, the appropriate, the required, the needed clarity breaks. 
as independent retailers, we wear a lot of hats, brother, a lot of hats. And it's easy to get caught up in the business instead of on the business. I mean, here's age old, you know, strategic coach language. You got to work on the business, not in the business. And we need to take regular clarity breaks that allow us the needed time to rise up and look at the business from a high level. It's also a great time for big idea planning, not execution, but planning, thinking about, hey, what could I do? Where will I go? What's available to me? Building clarity breaks into each week as part of your normal routine will foster growth. It will keep you invigorated. Too many of us are banging our heads against the walls, wondering what should we do next? You know, we're so busy doing things, we're not spending enough time planning things. And that comes from clarity. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, one of the people I admire most in retail is Bob Zeckel with Cloud9 Pajamas. And, and Bob Zeckel has this, um, you know, he meditates every day. He's, he's trained himself to take these daily clarity breaks where he's disconnecting things. Yeah. And it does allow for clear, I mean, clarity as defined, clear thinking. Yeah. You, so, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say for your retailers, do you really encourage like, look, you need to find a place or an activity or, or something, but it's it's got to be away from the business. If, if you're trying the mis- to do the mistake it, what, I used what are to your make. thoughts there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mistake I used to make was I used, you know, activity to get away. And any cognitive exercise is not about clarity. You don't get clarity. You know, the worst, listen, I'll tell you this. The worst golf games I ever have are those ones that I think I'm having a clarity break. And I get so caught up in business that my golf game goes to shit. (laughs) Well, that's who you're blaming? Okay, the reality is a clarity break, that moment, that time that you take with your coffee cup, not your phone or your book or your headset, you know, where you're where you're, you know, listening to music softly in the background and you're just getting some clarity. Where am I going? Why am I doing this? You know, how do I reinvigorate myself? How do I charge past the, you know, the the crap of today? That's what's required to give us this clear mind going forward. And cognitive exercise typically doesn't allow clarity. You're focused on the action. Yeah. Yeah. So do you see that clarity kind of to our previous point of the vision board? Where is that an opportunity to, I got to take that moment each week and the vision board becomes a bit of my guide with that clarity or the. Yeah, for sure. It can be. Absolutely. It can be. I mean, if we know our vision, you know, one of my steps in the retail, in, in obtaining retail wealth is about knowing your vision, sharing your vision, having this path that we're walking on. You've heard me say this before. My job is to turn my vision into her reality. That's my goal. That's my purpose. Turn my vision into her reality. Well, I do need to know what that vision is. And maybe taking the clarity breaks allows me to come up with strategy and tactic to overcome obstacles that are in the path of that vision. Okay, guys, that was the first 10 of Dan's 20 for 21 list of things you need to do. Next week, we're going to cover the bottom half, the next 10. Uh, and I hope you'll join us for next week's podcast. If you're not able to join, just head over to retailbycrs.com 
We've got the whole list curated there for you and you can grab the white paper there. Talk to you next week.